What is up, Level Up Nation, and welcome to the Thursday, November 18th edition of Level Up Live, your home for gaming esports news, brought to you by OTN Media. I've got to draw that out a little bit there. My name is Fiasco, you can call me John, uh, and I am joined once again by the man, the myth, the legend himself, the king of the courtside, the courtside king, but you can call him Joey. What's up, buddy? John, I am here. It feels like a Monday today, though. Today has been crazy. Oh, Lots going on. I feel like we barely made it in time to start this show in time. I think we were only one minute late tonight, maybe two, so not too, too shabby. Uh, but we did make it here. We have a lot of topics to touch on today. Uh, lots been happening in gaming and esports. Yeah. Um, Joey, I'm going to have to ask you not to refer to Thursday as Monday. Um, <laughs> I do not think I can repeat this week. I am so ready for the weekend. Uh, but Nation... Uh, that's none of your business. You don't need to know our, 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 our personal struggles, IRL. That's not what you're here for. You're here for the gaming and the esports news. That's what we're here to bring you. Uh, I understand the show's only once a week, uh, which means if you want to get the latest and greatest in gaming and esports content and news, you have to follow the show on social media. I know it's another account I'm asking you to follow, and I don't know why you want to do it anyway. At Level Up Live on Twitter. And Facebook, that's where you can find the show. And while you're on Twitter, guess what? You have two more accounts to follow. One's Courtside King and one's Fiasco. Those are the handles. You're watching here live on Twitch. Those are the handles uh, right below the mugshots you're currently staring at. If you're listening on the podcast version of the show later on down the road, they'll be in the show notes for you below. And speaking of podcasts, Joey, uh, fun fact, we have a podcast version of the show. In fact, that's what the original format of this show was before we had the crazy idea to throw our faces on Twitch. Nation, the podcast version of the show, Level Up Podcast, is available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and pretty much anywhere else you can find an RSS feed for podcasts. Just look up the Level Up Podcast, and we will be there for you. Just one small, uh, gentle reminder, a little uh, homework, if you will. Leave us a review and a rating if you're listening on the podcast. Uh, it does go a long way, helping us grow and reach new listeners, so please do that as well. And attention all super fans, if you're a super fan of Level Up Live, if you're a super fan of OTN Media, if you just like Joey, because he's beautiful, uh, make sure to check out patreon.com slash OTN and consider becoming a super duper uber OTN and Level Up Live fan. Check out the tiers there as well, and maybe, uh, who knows, you, you have a guest appearance, I think that's still one of the tiers there, and I know we're in the process of moving some things around, but who knows, maybe you can uh, pop up on here and you can tell Joey to... Uh, Stop shilling for Xbox until Microsoft start, starts paying him. You know, I mean, I, I, th I think that's a fair request, but, you know, you can do that if you're a Patreon. So I mean, do rewards well. points count? No, they, they do not <laughs> count because everyone gets those, Joey. Everyone. Everyone. Joey, besides Xbox propaganda, what are we talking about today on this episode of Level Up Live? Absolutely good, sir. Just one acquisition hitting on the news today. We might touch on one or two others as we go on, though. A new partnership in the works with Nintendo, of all people, being involved. We're talking Activision Blizzard with Bobby Kotick and an update on that situation. A look back at the Xbox uh, over the last 20 years and what their anniversary event la this week, actually, on Monday, feels like last week, uh, brought to us as well. We're going to touch on some Halo Infinite, the Game Award nominees, and much more. 
Oh my goodness, it's a ton of stuff we have to cover. Joy, this is the week that never ends, but we're so close to the weekend. As you can tell, my voice is pretty shot already. Uh, it was a late night last night. We won't talk about that. Joey, uh, you gave us a little teaser on what we are checking out here for today. But before we can hop headfirst into gaming and esports news, let's touch on our drink of choice. It has been absolutely pathetic for about a month and a half now. Um, I don't even know why I'm going to ask this question. Joey, what flavor of water do you have today? Yeah, I actually didn't even have time to grab a drink, guys. So I'm drinking whatever's <laughs> left in my water bottle tonight. Um, Which is? It should Drum be enough roll. to get us through the show, but yeah. Drum roll. We'll what is it? Take a sip. Tell us what it is. Take a sip. What do you mean? It's legit water. Oh, like, it's water? I just mean oh. whatever is like left in here. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, that wasn't exciting at all. Yeah, no, not um, exciting at all. I think it's like half a water bottle. Uh, so, Joey... I have, uh, from the exotic lands of Wegmans, uh, a bottle of purified water with minerals added for taste in the 16.9 fluid ounce version, uh, mixed with some blackberry lemonade powder from the land of Walmart. Um, wow, we are absolutely rocking this segment this week. We Great are, stuff. We are. The, uh, the patheticness of the drink of choice segment continues uh, now to two full months, and it's absolutely pathetic joey let's try to redeem ourselves let's get right into it i don't want to waste any more time the weekend is almost here so let's get right into gaming and e sports news let's go absolutely and what has become pretty much a weekly segment on this show tencent has once again made an investment this time in platonic games they're now a minority shareholder over there so what is Platonic? I don't know if many of you guys have played their games. They're typically more of an indie studio. Uh, fans of Banjo-Kazooie might recognize Ukulele, a uh, title kind of in that similar style to what we have with Banjo. That's kind of what Platonic is most known for. You see Ukulele, the character, all over a lot of their promotion material and things like that. So uh, it's one of those more E-for-everyone type of studios that looks for the platformer type of genre. But once again, it's Tencent continuing to find these investments, continuing to invest in so many different companies, big and small. Another one right here. I never played ukulele. Yeah, it's cute. It's like a little, um, I think it's a bat and a chameleon. Oh. Okay, put it. can you pull it up actually now? Now we have to look at it. <laughs> now we have to look it up. This is what happens. I, I, ask, I, I, I think it's a, a bat and a chameleon if I remember correctly. Come on, chat. Help us out. Ukulele. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. It is a bat and a chameleon, right? Uh, let's see here. Wow, we're stuck at the top of the show. Uh, yeah, it's a animals. bat and a chameleon, it looks like. And it looks like the, a bumblebee is the big bad Ah, baddie. the big bad bumblebee. Yeah, the big bad bumblebee with some gremlins, it looks like, chasing after uh, Yuka and Laylee. Yeah, so see, just on the cover alone, you kind of get that Banjo-Kazooie type of feel. Uh, it does play a little bit different. It's more of a, I think it's a side-scroller. I don't 100% remember. At least some of the levels are side-scrolling. Um, but yeah, overall, good game, good company. They've also opened a, I think it's like a publishing label this year. So they're doing some other indie publishing on top of making their own games. So Tencent, once again, another acquisition. Okay, tell me that that Bumblebee boss does not look like Gru from Despicable Me. Okay, it definitely on. has those vibes. I'll give you that. I kind of want to know what his name is now. It so seriously looks too. like Gru. Capital B is his name. Oh, my God. I must have been a writer on this game. <laughs> I, ho I hope you got royalties for, for, for the bad puns that uh, you are so in tune to having. Absolutely. They're just buzzing uh, in this game. Gotta love um, it. Um, uh, next up, uh, partnerships. Panda Global. 
big old Panda Global. They've announced a new partnership with Nintendo that will see Panda bringing the first officially licensed circuit for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate and Super Smash Bros. Melee to North America. Uh, John, there's going to be more details on these series of events and prizes to come later down the road, but for now... This is Nintendo. This is a Super Smash Brothers eSports deal. Uh, this is something I wasn't sure if we were ever, ever going to get, to be honest. Uh, I feel like Nintendo spends more time shutting down eSports events than they do supporting them with prize pools, with uh, really anything, uh, support, marketing. Uh, it doesn't feel like many of the Smash events get much love from Nintendo, but finally an official partnership coming out. Joey, are are we being punked? Um, is, is, today's, is today's date April 1st? Um... Am I to really believe that Nintendo has made an eSports partnership um, for a licensed circuit for Super Smash? Not and only eSports, but Smash. One yeah, title just, in particular that I feel like they avoid like the plague when it comes to eSports. You know, I um, I don't believe it. I don't. No, I don't care. I, I read the article. I don't care. I, I think it's completely fabricated. I think it's fake news. I, I, I refuse to believe that this actually happens until an officially sanctioned event is up and running without Nintendo shutting it down. <laughs> I just, I can't. I can't. I mean, honestly, and you're messing around, but I also feel I like that is kind of the thought in the Smash community yeah. right now. It's like Nintendo has made these promises before. They've made advancements in a sense before. But it always happens where something gets shut down or funding gets pulled from it or whatever ends up happening in the end. It doesn't feel like Nintendo gives it that full support. Uh, at least for now, Panda did get a retweet. So that Ooh. is something more than a lot of companies have gotten with Nintendo. So okay. progress for the Panda, uh, but still a lot of room to be made there as well. Was the retweet from Nintendo or Nintendo America? Oh, that yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so if it's actually the official Nintendo, I'll be impressed. Nintendo America, eh, not so much. Okay, fine. You better keep talking so I can look it up here. For oh, a second here. oh, well, I don't want to keep talking, Joey. My voice is already gone. I, I know, mine almost, is going too. And I almost lost my last voice night. last night. <laughs> like, uh, It was, I think it was Nintendo America, sir. Boo. But the partnership is for North America, so it kind of makes sense, right? No. Go big or go home. And Nintendo. Oh, there. Squirkle and Chow. Nintendo yeah. of America as well. Well, anyway, Nintendo's made a partnership, and they've <laughs> made an eSports partnership, and it's an eSports partnership with Smash. So they're making some progress. Uh, the stage is changing, per se, but we still have a lot of work to be done there. Uh, the other thing I want to mention with this, John, do you feel like Nintendo made this move because of the rumors around Warner Brothers' new game, Metaverse? And now that was officially unveiled, I believe, today or yesterday. We know what it looks like. It's very much, I'm not going to call it a Smash clone, but very similar to the style of Smash, using a lot of the WB characters. Uh, do you think this is kind of what pushed Nintendo, seeing how serious WB is about the genre and about the esports scene? Now, you also have to remember, this is Nintendo, okay? These are the people that think that they can recycle the same old IP 20 years later and charging 10 bucks more for the same freaking game again. These are I mean, you use that, the word think, but I want to use the word know. I know. I know. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, but, but the thing is, it's like, that's what Nintendo does. It's like, they know their IP so well, and they know what the gamers want with their IP so well. I mean, just take a look at the most, at the last uh, character joining Smash uh, that, that they announced and the reaction uh, that got around the world. 
uh, they know what the fans want. They know how to pull at your heartstrings, and they know if they release a remastered, remake, watered down, same thing, same code, just one letter changed version of a game and charged $15 more for it, they know people are going to go absolutely crazy. Part of me wants to say, no, th this is just Nintendo maybe finally evolving, because I really don't think they see anybody as a direct competitor to their IP. Uh, and, I mean, I would probably agree with them. I mean, they have such a, a very unique spot in the gaming and pop culture world that, uh, you know, you know, Warner Brother Games coming up and releasing, uh, you know, a metaverse game. Well, yeah, it's technically maybe the same style of game, but those characters, you'd have to make the argument that those characters carry the same kind of weight that Smash does. Uh, and I, I, I really don't know if that would be on the same level. I mean, maybe if the game is super well polished, and everyone's really happy with it, maybe. But at the same time, Smash has such a foothold in the gaming community already. Um, I would like to say it's Nintendo evolving. Um, that's what I'm probably going to stick with. Yeah, I mean, I feel very similarly. They didn't really move anything with the Nickelodeon game when that came out. I don't really expect this one to do much more. Uh, I mean, like, Batman's a big character, but compared to Mario... He's really not that big worldwide. Like, Batman's kind of big over here, kind of big in Europe, but with Asia involved with Mario, it just becomes such a bigger entity. Even if you look at Xbox and PlayStation, Master Chief and Halo is huge over here. You look at Kratos and God of War, big as well. Neither one of them, probably you could combine them, double them, triple them, and they still barely come up to, like, Mario. And I would even argue Donkey Kong, like, years ago, I think was that big as well, and probably will be in the future as well. So we'll keep an eye on that. But again, Metaverse did get announced. Uh, Going to be a new competitor, in a sense, to Smash Brothers. Uh, and Nintendo making Smash Brothers moves here in the eSports scene. Okay, our voices are struggling, but the topics just keep flowing, sir. Activision Blizzard, a Bobby Kotick update. Uh, this is one we've reported on for quite a while now. It's been back and forth. There's been a lot going on. We've spent a lot of time on it on previous shows. So we're just going to bring you right up to date with the latest update. Over 1,000 employees and contractors at Activision Blizzard have now signed and published a petition asking for the removal of CEO Bobby Kotick from the company. Additionally, a petition in a similar vein has also been filed on Change.org calling for the same kind of thing with 8,000 signatures from different people as well on that one. The petition, why did it come about? Well, obviously everything going on, but on top of that, it got pushed over the edge because a report that alleged that Kotick knew about, enabled, and even participated in a culture of misconduct and harassment came out. After that initial report, the company's board of directors stated that they would continue to support Kodak, and that is really the trigger that sent things overboard. Uh, since then, a few shareholders and smaller groups have spoken out that they want him removed. But overall, whether it be the full base of shareholders, whether it be the board of executives, uh, they are keeping him in place at this point, and no further action has been taken up until this petition. Uh, is a I... mess. I want to like Blizzard again. I want to. I, I, I want to go back to playing World of Warcraft. I want to go back to Blizzard IEP. I, I want to be involved in that community again. But not with this crap that constantly goes on with this company. I mean, it feels like every other day there's just more crap being, like exposed and rightfully so it needs to be exposed don't get me wrong but it's just you have to understand like a lot of the people in the gaming community grew up 
with Blizzard IP as the foundation of like their childhood, their er their early adult life. Uh, you know, they grew up with World of Warcraft, with Overwatch, with StarCraft, games that had a major impact on people. And now, like, with more and more of this coming out there, it's harder and harder to justify a monthly subscription to World of Warcraft, to buy in the next expansion pack, uh, to constantly stomach the delays for Overwatch 2 on top of all this other crap from Blizzard. It's just one of those things where it's like, it's like it's not necessarily beating a dead horse um, because it needs to be beaten in this case. But like the horse itself is just it's just sad because it's like it has such a connection to a lot of gamers. And look, I mean, they need change. They need change ASAP. They need leadership, actual leadership. They need to have a gaming leadership and they need to have a business leadership. I mean, it is just absolutely ridiculous that this frat bro culture uh, continues to almost thrive in the gaming industry. Like, it feels like if it's not Blizzard Activision, it's another studio, whether it's a big studio or a, or a little studio. We're hearing more and more and more about, you know, mistreatment in the workplace. I mean, Joey, uh, you know, you and I both work for, for a very large. Well, I mean, you work for a government or, or organization, but I work for a very large corporation, too. But the amount of HR classes and training and recertification that we have to go through i mean it, it, it's ridiculous but it's there for a reason you know if it, it just feels like blizzard maybe just like wrote people's pe people's names on a paper and said yeah we did and, and passed it on and it was the good old boy culture that just really let everything fester and and grow into this disgusting swamp that is now blizzard activision and it's very very upsetting yeah, for sure. It, it is a giant mess over there. I personally think Kodak will be removed from the company if I had to take a Needs guess. Uh, I think they're only going to take so much of this. I mean, you have sales down for Call of Duty. Sure, the bigger amount or the major part of the player base are not going to hear about this or not going to care about this. But overall, you're still going to have sex of that player base start to pull out and start to not support Activision. Or maybe they get the game, but they don't buy cosmetics. Or maybe they don't play the game anymore. They cut time out of their playtime overall. So who knows what ends up happening on that front. Uh, but at least from what we can look at so far, sales have been declining for Vanguard. Playtime has been declining for Vanguard. Now, it could just be the game. It could be that this Call of Duty didn't land as well, which seems to be a popular opinion right now. But I do think some of this Codex stuff does play into that as well. And that's really the stuff that's going to push the shareholders. Unfortunately, I think the sexual harassment stuff, the culture of the office and all of this should be enough to push them. But a lot of shareholders just look at it's just another thing in their portfolio. And until they start losing money on it, that's when they want action to be taken. So one way or another, I do think we are going to see Kodak probably exit the company. Uh, maybe it's a forced retirement. Maybe he is removed forcefully. I don't even know. Um, but at this point, I just I feel like Activision is trending downward. And it's like I think of a rock or a, even an avalanche coming down. It's going to get faster and faster as it gets closer to the bottom. And it just seems like that's what's happening right now. Like the momentum has begun to push that rock down the side of the mountain and it's just going to start spinning more and more uh, as we have petitions coming out, more and more articles are coming out, more uh, really evidence in a sense is coming out around this situation. So as it continues to go and the next piece of that puzzle was Sony PlayStation head Jim Ryan and Microsoft Xbox head Phil Spencer coming out this week and also publicly speaking out against Kodak and the way he has handled the company. Uh, so now you also have, in a sense, Sony and Microsoft or PlayStation and Xbox, depending how you look at it, coming out and speaking out too. Where are your top Call of Duty sales, you ask? 
PlayStation, and then Xbox. Both of those beat out PC, which is their next biggest platform. Uh, so now you have your two biggest sales partners, in a sense, coming out and saying, hey, we don't like the way this is happening. We don't like how things are going over there. Change needs to be made. Uh, I, I think, again, that could be another push toward those shareholders to make a move. Anything else you want to say on this Activision Blizzard situation, John? I know we're both very much disgusted with it. We both hope some kind of action does come through. Uh, and we have hit on quite a few details over the last couple shows. But is there anything else you want to touch on as we wait for more to develop? They're going to need to go on a major PR tour and apology tour and, uh, you know, some kind of, of way to convince their core gamer base um, that they have changed. They're going to continue to change and they're going to be a part of the change going forward. Uh, in order to try to not just save face. I mean, really, at this point in time, that 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 day has come and gone. Um, but, you know, World of Warcraft was once considered untouchable. And it seems like if this stuff continues, I know more and more people are leaving. They're already having declining numbers. That's where they make a lot of their money. Um, if they really want to try to save their company and save this gamer base there's a lot of work ahead of them. I don't think the gaming community is not necessarily forgiving, like 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 they won't forgive, but you know, they want to see progress. They want to see those mistakes being corrected and things put in place to prevent this in the future. Obviously, you can't turn back the clock and change the things you didn't do as a company or as an employee of that, you know, company when you were in charge or or whoever it may be. You have to look forward. You have to make those changes going forward. That's how you fix the issue going forward. Is you have to make those changes. And you got to make them public. You got to show people that they can have confidence in you as a studio and you as an organization and you as really a, a person, if you're in the higher ups of this company, that you can do the right thing going forward. Right. And I think that's like you have to start toward the top and they tried to do some of that. They made some removals here and there. Uh, but in the end, you instill Yabara, you instill Jen O'Neill, but then you still cut Jen O'Neill's pay in comparison for the same job. That just brings the whole thing full circle once again. So you're making changes and they look good up front. But then as people dig into what actually happened, it becomes a giant mess again. So where does that mess go back to that mess? at least from the look of things and based on the reporting does go back to Bobby Kodak. So I expect that to be the next piece moved off the board. Over to the Xbox anniversary event, a big happy anniversary and birthday to Xbox and Halo. They turned 20 on Monday. Uh, big event there, John. This was 30 minutes long, which is a very short event overall. Uh, a lot of people not sure what to expect for this. I feel like they covered a lot of bases within that 30 minutes, to be honest. It felt like a longer event, um, but they just kept plugging away. The first thing, they looked back at history. They had the original creator of the Xbox come up and speak. Very nice touching for the fans of the franchise that have been around for a while, uh, or the brand, rather. Then from there, they ended up taking that and kind of jumping through a couple history loops of the Xbox consoles, from the original to the 360 to the one and now to the series consoles today. And with that, they ended up ending that, saying that there is a new six-part docu-series, Power On, the story of Xbox. Uh, they announced that it'll feature interviews, it's going to feature content and coverage from the original events, and on top of that, it'll be available on multiple streaming platforms come December 13th. I kind of like this, John, to be honest. Uh, I feel like some of these new gaming documentaries that have been coming out are pretty good. I'm not a big documentary person, to be completely honest, um, but certain things like this I think are kind of cool to look back on old events like the original Halo launch or when The Rock came out and announced the first Xbox 
or whatever it ends up being, depending on what genre and generation they go with. Um, but in the end, I really like the idea of this. I think it's a fun thing for Xbox fans or for people. Uh, now with gaming being such a big buzzword, just overall in general, I feel like this is a way for people who might not understand gaming as much to kind of dive into a little bit more of its history as well. Yeah, I mean, the unique thing with a docuseries on the Xbox is that when the Xbox was created, it, it entered a space that, you know, was very competitive with uh, the PlayStation, with N64 still. You know, it, it was a space that when it was announced, a lot of people were, were like, you know, this is Microsoft trying to come in to a very uh, populated area already when it comes to console gaming with a very popular PlayStation, a very popular N64. Uh, and here comes Xbox, the new kid on the block. And there was growing pains. Like, let, let's not you know mistake anything here. Like, anytime you start something new, the first version of it is going to have issues. And Microsoft was able to correct it generation after generation after generation to put out what we have now as the Xbox Series X, which is quite possibly not just one of the best-looking consoles out there, but one of the most powerful consoles to ever even be conceived or built. Uh, it's, it's as powerful as a PC. It's pretty impressive. So... When you have a docu-series like this, like if you're big into gaming, this could give you a really big insight into, you know, how Microsoft was able to jump into this area of console gaming. But on top of it, you might be able to be inspired by this, too. Like maybe you're a young entrepreneur. Maybe you have ideas that you want to get involved in a space that's already populated as well. You might be able to see and maybe use some tactics that Microsoft used to help market their place into the gaming world. I mean, it's such a unique ability to see a docuseries that will go back to the beginning of the Xbox and kind of give you that behind-the-scenes look. I'm really excited about it, you know, Joey. I mean, everyone knows, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a new convert to Xbox. I was in the PlayStation ecosystem for pretty much my entire life. You know, so I'm pretty excited to go back and take a look at it. I wasn't super impressed with the original Xbox. I know Squirkle and uh, Chat will, will yell at me for that, and it's completely fine, but I was not a fan of it. Um, but again, they have made a lot of changes over the years and I think changes for the better. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's just cool to look back on certain things like the original Xbox as a concept. Those guys thought it, they called it the coffin box. They thought it was the end yeah. of their careers. They did not think it was going to go anything and be anything there. Uh, back in those days, like Nintendo, Square Enix, big companies like that were laughing Microsoft out of their office when they were asking to like acquire them. So it's just funny to see that now when you have big things like the biggest industry acquisition of Bethesda happening after people were laughed out of offices just a couple decades earlier. And then today, I mean, I think the other cool thing as well is the Xbox 360 was super successful. Did very well overall, sold extremely well. Uh, you're comparing it to one Xbox at the time, but even today it outsold the Xbox One. And it just did so well, but then they faltered going into the Xbox One. They went more toward that full entertainment genre as opposed to just sticking with gaming. And then to see those corrections that were made for this new generation. And now Phil Spencer kind of came on board and completely shook that up. And they started investing more as a publisher as well. So I'm curious to see what all they end up hitting on. But I think there are a lot of different aspects they could kind of approach there. And I'm curious to see how that transition from the original one all the way back 20 years ago to today ends up looking. Now, I will say this, Joey. For anyone who got the Xbox Series X gaming fridge... Xbox is only 20 years old, so that means you cannot use it to store alcoholic beverages. You have to wait one more year <laughs> till they're of legal age before you can put alcohol in the fridge. It's, it's just the rules. I don't make the rules. I'm just reminding you. 
Yeah, good luck getting one of those, by the way, guys. Yeah, for real. Uh, they sell out in instant seconds, it feels like. But hey, Thanks, they bots. are available out there. Uh, then the next thing, and we won't hit on this much, The Rock was there to unveil the original Xbox, and he made an appearance here. Uh, this one I wasn't super impressed with. He did come out and say some nice things, which is awesome. It is Dwayne The Rock Johnson. But it was about his latest movie, Red Notice, and it felt like, of everything, this felt the most out of place to me in the whole show. You gotta love celebrities making uh, endorsements for their new Netflix exclusive movie that a lot of people are not happy with. Um, you know, <laughs> which really hurts because I really wanted to see that because it's with Ryan Reynolds. But, uh, but yeah, uh, I like The Rock coming back. I think that was I think that was a nice touch on it. Um, it was essentially an ad, which <laughs> I was a little irritated about uh, because we get enough of those on YouTube, we get enough of those on Twitch, we get enough of those in life. Uh, the last thing I need is to be watching a ceremony and have a ad built inside of a celebration. I just, yeah, it's, I don't like it. Hey, I just felt really out of place. And, yeah. and I mean, it wasn't even like Xbox related, like the only connection there. Well, I, I guess they did that vault thing or whatever that crashed that website. I don't even know what it was. Um, but yeah, in the end, it just, it felt out of place of the whole thing. Uh, from there, we did get a nice little sneak peek of the upcoming Halo live action series set to display itself on Paramount Plus in 2022. I believe this is early 2022, not 100% sure on the exact date of that as they did not give one here either. But for those live with us on Twitch, we can go ahead and play that here as well. Uh, John, if you have that YouTube link up, uh, it's just a really quick brief trailer. They end up talking a little bit about showing off Master Chief with Pablo Schreiber coming out. And then you do hear Jen O'Neill's voice as Cortana as well. Sorry, I was too busy responding to chat and Squirkle's like, you don't ad block your life? I was like, no, I, I do, but ad block doesn't work on television or your car radio or <laughs> all, the other, rep. all the other places you get ads from. So we'll go ahead and pump that there for you. Um, Joey, I, I want to tell you why I'm actually kind of excited for this Halo Live series action real quick. Oh, and I'm I, very interested now. Um. Because Riot has as much of as much as Riot's games have caused me mental anguish over the years. Um, Arcane is phenomenal. Ar Arcane might possibly be not just the best game adaptation to a streaming service, a movie or anything else. And again, the last three episodes aren't out yet at the time of this recording. So, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, it is so good that I, like, I don't even like when I think of video game adaptations now, I don't think of that crappy Mario brothers movie anymore. Like arcane has set such a great standard. And the thing is, it doesn't feel like it's a video game story. It feels like it is so rich and in-depth with everything they do and the artistic style is amazing it actually has given me hope for the future of of gaming ad adaptations to netflix to hulu to whatever studio that wants to pick it up in this case paramount plus i, I actually have hope and it's a weird feeling joey I, I hope that hope lasts for you there, buddy. I mean, Arcane is phenomenal. I actually think Arcane is probably the best show on TV right now. The art style is fantastic. The story is great. They do a good job weaving the characters in. For those that play League of Legends, I feel like there's a new champion, in a sense, being weaved in episode to episode. Uh, and they do a really good job of hiding it and not making it obvious up front. 
the sound design, the music. It, it really is one of the best shows on TV right now. Highly recommend checking out. Uh, as John said, six episodes are out now. I believe it's a nine-part series, if I remember correctly. Yep. Uh, so there should be three more episodes to come, and I'm sure more shows later down the road. Now, with that being said, uh, I'm still skeptical about this Halo show. Uh, I think I Riot hope. and Arcane did phenomenal. And I just don't know if that's going to translate over to this live action show. I hope it does. I hope this Halo show comes out as good as Infinite Plays, it feels like, right now at least. But this thing was also filmed during the middle of the whole COVID thing. So there was a lot of like delays and different travel plans that got mixed up. And then it got cut for a couple months. And then it came back. So it's kind of been broken up as far as the full filming of it. And on top of that, it I almost feel like it was in like filming hell for a little while too. It went through a few different directorial changes. So I, I'm skeptical. Like it's a big IP. Halo is huge. I think Halo has enough story to make a really good film or series. But I'm I'm nervous for this one. Just think it can't be as bad as a Super Mario Brothers movie. Nothing can can't. be as bad as the Super Mario's movie. I don't like, care what Pat or whoever says about the, that. The bar is so low, Joey, that like I just it's gonna be better than that. It will always be better than that, regardless. Maybe not arcane level good, but fingers crossed. Who knows? Uh, I did watch the Dota animated series as well, Squirkle. It's good. Arcane is much better in my opinion. Uh, I also don't know the Dota character, so I might not have connected on that level as some others may. Uh, it is much, um, I don't want to say darker, uh, more mature, let's say. Like, Arcane definitely has very mature moments to it. Dota just takes those mature moments and kind of throw them right in your face right at the beginning. Uh, and then it just kind of gets more and more mature from there. So there is definitely uh, darker and more mature undertones with that one for sure. You know, you know, Squirkle, if someone can lower the bar lower than the Mario Bros. movie back in the 90s, um, I will be impressed. I'll tell you what, if if this is worse than the Mario Bros. movie, I will watch the Mario Bros. movie for a full day on repeat. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I do not think this would be worse, but I think I might be able to I find something that could be up there. No, 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 no. It has to be a gaming movie. It has to be a gaming movie. Adaptation of a video game. We'll see what we can pull that together. That bar can't get lower. I'm that sorry. would make fun for a 24-hour stream watching you watch that movie on loop. Oh, God. No, it's not going <laughs> to. Good times. Good times. So, yes, guys, if you're interested, if you like Halo, if you want to dive more into the lore behind it, the Halo live action series will be streaming Paramount Plus in 2022. Next up was a pre-recorded musical performance in Sydney, Australia, showcasing a montage of iconic Halo campaign moments alongside some nice instrumentals of the series. I thought that went really well, too. Again, just a small piece of the overall showcase. Uh, but I would take this as a more promising thing than the rock ad that we did get in the other breakup session. So overall, I thought it went well. I think it was a cool way to look back on the series. I always love when they throw orchestras into this type of thing, and I think it fit pretty well overall. And then last but not least, after the orchestra performance, the highest note of the event came at the very end with 343 coming on screen and announcing that the Halo Infinite multiplayer beta was now available and Season 1 Heroes of Reach had begun. Yeah, it was super exciting. I don't know if we want to even try to put the audio on here because I know music does come in. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, I was going to say. All right, so I'm just going to leave it muted. We can talk over it. But, Joey, I mean... We heard rumors about it. We heard that there were possible leaks that it was coming out, but it's one of those things where it's like, until you actually see it, it's you know, it's just 
Yeah, it, it, it's cool. It's cool because it was announced on Halo's 20th anniversary. I mean, that is absolutely massive. Um, you know, you and I have been talking about, you know, the day that Halo makes a return to the spotlight. And, you know, going through, you know, from the announcement of Infinite, from the flight tests that you and I participated in, that we were honored enough to participate in, uh, all the way up to, to this very moment where they announced that the multiplayer online uh, version of the game will be now available ahead of the actual game being fully released with the campaign and story mode. I mean, it, it's just awesome. And, and for the old Halo guard out there that grew up with Halo, Halo 2, Halo 3, Halo 4, Halo Reach, and all that fun stuff, um, this is such an awesome moment because, you know, this... This multiplayer feels like a beautiful combination of everything we know and love from the old Halo games with a great 21st century twist to it. It feels polished. It's so smooth. It looks great. It plays great. Yeah, you know, there's going to be some performance tweaks here and there. But for a game that's in a, in, in, in a beta, if you will, on this release, this might be the cleanest beta I've ever played in my life. I mean, it has been absolutely fantastic. And this was definitely a great surprise and announcement to close the event out and to get a lot of people in the gaming universe super hyped for Halo. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of a bummer that it did leak out ahead of time. But with that being said, they got a full weekend of marketing for it because of that. And you have tons of people tuning into this event that may not have tuned into this event just to see that announcement at the end. So I think that was a big win overall for 343 and Microsoft. Uh, looking at it though, I feel like the beta is cool. I feel like it's awesome. It's similar to what we played in the tech preview. Uh, there have been some tweaks here and there for perform performance getting better here and there as well. Uh, some more maps being added in, some more guns being introduced. Overall, I've really enjoyed our time with it. We've had a couple days with it now, uh, recording on Thursday with it releasing on Monday. Uh, we did run into a few little snags though. Uh, maybe you want to touch on your Microsoft Store download? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, um... <laughs> This was terrible. Uh, so during the flight, I, I could never get the uh, PC version of the game. I only got the Xbox Series X, which was cool. It plays great. I can't tell you the last time I played a shooter uh, on a console, though. Um, not, you know, just on a controller, it's I just can't do it anymore. It just the muscle memory is completely gone. So when it comes out, I download it on Microsoft because you know it's a Microsoft game. It's Halo. Uh, and it was awful. It was absolutely awful. I'm talking uh, 8 to 15 frames per second. Uh, it was unplayable. Like, you could not do anything in that game whatsoever. And it was very frustrating. I, 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 I got pretty angry uh, about how bad it was. Um, but then I think it was like, it was like you or like somebody else, Joey, uh, that, that were like, hey, just download the Steam version just for, you know, SNGs and see what happens. Holy crap, <laughs> the Steam version is amazing. Uh, you know, on the Windows version, I dropped down the graphics to low settings and all that other fun stuff. Like, yeah, I get it. I'm rocking a 980 still, but it still works. On the Steam store, I put it back up to medium high, and I was pulling, like, 68 frames. So, like, it, it, it's something with the Microsoft version of the dang game. It just wasn't working. Steam version, absolutely clean, and it, it restored my faith in the game because I was getting very upset. Yeah, and it was just such a weird moment because we're like, okay, it didn't run this bad for you on the tech preview. Like, what is going on here? 
And then in the end, I forgot you weren't on the PC one. But in the end, yeah. the obvious issue here was something to do with the Microsoft Store client, whether it was a bad download, whatever it ended up being. If you guys are having issues with one version over the other, try downloading the other one as there could be some differences there uh, that did end up working its way through. Uh, the other issue we've had so far is the Battle Pass. The slow progression of the Battle Pass, it did get addressed today. Um, overall, people were playing like five, six hours and moving up one level on the Battle Pass. A lot of people really looking for that instant gratification. Like Fortnite is very quick. Apex is pretty quick. Uh, I mean, really, any game is pretty quick until you get to those lower levels or the later levels, rather, of Valorant's pass. Uh, so a lot of people are looking for that quicker thing. How can I unlock more things quicker? I like the challenges, but they're changing my play style. Not a big fan of that. So overall, all these complaints were brought into 343. They said, look, it's going to take us a while to get a full fix in, but here's what we're going to do. They ended up changing it because there was one piece of the battle pass where it's like one, two, and three matches. You'd get rewarded XP. Now it's every single match you get rewarded. I think it's like 50 XP. So regardless of if you win or lose, regardless of how the match goes, you're going to end up getting 50 XP per match being played on top of the additional challenges that you can complete as well. So it's still slow. Uh, it's still a lot slower than people would want. And I think part of this, and a lot of people are not really realizing this, is that they've extended that first battle pass to closer to May at this point. So originally it was supposed to be three months, and that's kind of the pacing we felt in the tech preview now, because of some other things going on, and I think they want to drop a lot of stuff all at once, uh, mainly like Forge mode, I think they want to have ready for the next big drop, and that's going to be closer to that May window. So because of that, they cut down on the time to make this battle pass last longer, and I think just people are pissed. So what they're going to have to end up doing, in my opinion, is to increase that time. Maybe you add tiers on as we go. Maybe they add a secondary battle pass. There are little things that are going to come out that they've touched on a little bit, but not fully. Uh, there are these events called fractured events as well as some other events. And they're going to introduce like some other sub-seasonal content. So like the, I think it's pronounced Yori or Yoru. It's kind of a samurai-esque armor. That's going to be a type of seasonal pass that's going to come out as a fractured armor. And then there's some other stuff coming closer to like Christmas and Hanukkah time. It's going to be a little bit more like seasonal winter themed. Uh, so they do have some things in the works, some like sub passes that are going to help buy the time as well. Um, but the overall pass just feels really slow. And I like the fact that they're listening to that feedback already, John, and starting to already address it with a patch coming out just a couple days after that beta launch. Yeah. And, and you know, you've got to be super happy with how 343 has responded uh, to it, I mean, this, this is one of the things gamers for for decades have asked is for studios and developers to be more open to the gaming community for that uh, critical feedback. And again, when you have a title like Halo, when you have something that is as legendary as Halo, um, you have to listen to the community. And I'm super excited that they're addressing it. I'm excited that even if it might take a little bit longer for them to change, they're still giving us a a a, a step in the right direction. I definitely think 50 XP per match is way too low. Um, but, you know, it's a step in the right direction. I understand it's going to take them time. Like you said, Joey, they're going to have to add, you know, other um, levels onto the end of the battle pass because of it. And that's completely fine. I think people would be even happy with, like, in-game currency. Uh, like, instead of having to buy that currency to get your favorite eSports skin, uh, maybe, you know, you include that as a level. Like you get, like maybe you know three four dollars worth of what that currency would evaluate to or value to in game as a perk on the battle pass i think that would be absolutely fantastic i know i think fortnite does it with v bucks as well i know some other people do it as well for that in-game currency give a little reward back for them giving you that money up front ten dollars for a battle pass 
for the premium version, if you will, you know, when you get to level 25, you get f the $5 equivalent of, uh, of the of in-game credits that you can use in the store. Uh, I think that's a great way to give back to your community and keep people playing your game and wanting to grind out those levels because, you know, Maybe for some gamers, ten bucks is all they have, you know, in their gaming budget. And they got the battle pass, but they really want that Cloud Nine skin. They really want that Fnatic skin. They really want that Phase skin. They're gonna keep playing that game to get those marks in the battle pass, so they can earn that skin. There's nothing wrong with that. It gets people to play your game more and more and more. I think that's another great solution that they can do going forward. But again, the fact that they're communicating with the with the gaming community, they're making these hot fixes, even though it's a little bit smaller than what we would like to see they are at least heading in that direction. For sure, and it's going to take time to make those bigger changes, and I think we will probably see those implemented as it goes on. I mean, the big thing here is it is a launch. It is a beta launch right now, so there will still be changes before the official launch, and then even after that, it is a 10-year planned game. So there's going to be a lot of content added. There's going to be more campaign content added after the launch. You're going to see more maps added. I mean, I'll tell you guys, there's at least like 15 to 20 more maps that they have designed. I don't know what stage of design they're in, but I have the names because they've leaked in different database leaks. So overall, there are things that are going to be implemented, and those are also not locked behind new seasons. So a lot of different games say, hey, you get a new character, a new champion, a new hero, and a new map at the beginning of every season. Halo is saying, look, when our maps are ready, we're going to just release maps here and there at a pretty regular cadence. Uh, something I wish Overwatch would have done, to be completely honest. And then you're also going to get new armor and different things like that outside of these events. So as stuff becomes available, as they feel like it's a good time to drop things, they're just going to drop it. They're not going to wait for that big drop at the beginning of the season. Maybe they save two maps for that, but you've already gotten two or three throughout the season as well. So I'm excited. Uh, the other thing, and 343 has deserved a lot of hate over their years holding this franchise. Uh, but with that being said, over this past year, John, of every single developer in the world, I would say, they have probably communicated the best over this past year. They've given us monthly blogs. They've given us videos. They've been super active on social media. They're community managers. Uh, big shout outs to all of them as well. So I think that for me inspires a lot of faith going forward. Halo 4 and Halo 5 did not leave me with much faith at all. But ever since December 2020, I feel like they've done a very good job communicating at that point. Hey, look, we had to delay this game for a year, but this is what we're going to give you. This is what we're working on this month. This is a new update. Talk to our audio team. This is how they make sound design, which is so cool if you guys have not seen that video. They literally put like freaking frozen ice or whatever it's called on this piano and just like let it whine and things. It's just crazy to see. Um, yeah, <laughs> I went a little fanboy there. But yeah, overall, a I little. think they've done a very good job communicating. And I think that's one thing I hope we continue to see moving forward in Infinite. Yeah, I mean, you got to love it when, you know, studios and developers are are super open even, I mean, look, the gaming community doesn't want you to tell us your deepest, darkest secrets, uh, you know, and, and what you have hiding behind door number three. But they just want you to communicate, like, again, like, Joey, we've said it before, like, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. Like, we understand when delays happen. Just be upfront with it. Don't, don't, don't be like Overwatch 2. Don't get our hopes up. Don't say, oh, it's coming to the pro scene. But we're going to go ahead and delay everything else for you common uh, filthy casuals out there. But the pro scene is going to have it. Congratulations. Great job keeping that in check with your community and keeping them engaged by playing a completely different game. But nonetheless, if you're open with the community, you tell them what's going on, you keep them up to date. I feel like the gaming community is very open to the idea of developers actually communicating with them. 
That's the reason why some of the, the, the forums for these studios and these games constantly pop off. You know, when everything feels like is on Reddit and like these official game forums aren't really a thing anymore, they're still popping. People still go there to communicate with developers, put out the videos, put out the patch notes, put out updates. If something gets delayed, say it's delayed, give us a little reason why, tell us your plan of action going forward, and boom, everyone's happy. It's kind of like it's kind of like a sizzle reel, right? You don't have much to give other than maybe uh, 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 an animated bit here with a voiceover that does absolutely nothing to tell you about the game other than let people know the game's in development. Uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic uh, remake. I'm looking at you. Uh, Starfield's another one. Uh, you know, they didn't give us much, but it was all we needed. Like, it's great. That's all you have to do. Communicate. And it's great. You know, I wish Overwatch would have listened to that advice. You know, they used to do those great shorts, and everyone loved them, even if there oh. was no gameplay reveals outside of those little things. Jeff Kaplan. And they were just amazing, and they just stopped doing them. Stopped releasing heroes, stopped releasing new maps, stopped changing things up, and they even stopped the shorts. Uh, that's just another thing that always drives me crazy with that. Uh, just <laughs> finalizing stuff with Halo, I think the only other big critique I have uh, I mean, there's a couple, but modes, I'd like to see modes broken down more. I hope we do have them broken down a little bit more as we get closer to the launch on December 8th. I think the other big thing is the price of the store. Uh, I am not going to pay 10 to $15 for a blue reskin of a Warthog. Uh, that's just <laughs> not happening. Uh, the eSports skins, I think they look sick, and I like the Phenomenal. fact that they support the prize pool and the team. That, to me, is worth it. If I am paying $10 for a Cloud9 full-out skin of armor, I'm paying for a new-looking gun, and I'm looking for like an emblem and a backsplash kind of for my name. That to me is fine. You're getting four things out of that. Ten dollars. It's supporting the prize pool. It's supporting the organization. It's supporting the game. Now, ten dollars for a reskinned warthog. I love you, three four three. I think you've communicated very effectively this year. But I'm not paying ten dollars for a blue warthog skin. I'm not paying ten dollars for one coat of paint. I'm not paying twenty dollars for two battle rifle skins. It's just not happening. Uh, but if you offer me four sets of armor for two fifty to five dollars a piece, maybe it'll be like Lux skins to John, and I'll say, okay, stop it. <laughs> maybe I end up buying for those then, and then I end up spending twenty dollars overall as opposed to saying no to a fifteen dollars spend. So I just feel like they need to approach the store differently. People are not made of money. People are not going to pay ten to twenty dollars for a reskinned warthog, especially if it's not super fancy. Uh, I think Valorant is a big issue with this right now because they've kind of driven the market this direction. Now, with that being said, Valorant has some really fancy skins over there. They've done a very nice job adding new animations. They've done a nice job of really mixing them up, but they still run like $90 for some of those skin sets, which is just way too high for the average audience, in my humble opinion. That's why a lot of people buy one skin set, and then they're just done buying. And I think that's maybe the approach that Halo try to follow here, what Fortnite and Valorant are doing. I just don't think it's going to work with this audience. Yeah, no, I, I think you're 100% correct, and, and I think... The the big reason why I think the esports skin bundle, let's call it what it is, you're getting more than just the skin, mm -hmm. is is worth the ten bucks. Is because like like Joey, you know, obviously you're a fanatic fan. I'm a Cloud Nine fan. Not only do we get the skin, but we get the logo and the nameplate card uh, that goes in it as well. You're getting three items and on the gun top skin of, four and, and the gun skin. So four items. So like you can literally rock your favorite esport org in this game for 10 bucks and you can get that logo next to your name something that a lot of people really cherish 
being able to identify their gamer tag with their favorite esport org on top of a gamer card that has their logo on it too. Uh, then when you get your battle rifle in game, guess what? It has the skin on it also. Like it, I think that's the best way. That's how you justify ten dollars. Now, would I have I paid ten dollars just for the skin on my on my player? Probably. But it makes it an even bigger value, the fact that the logo and the gamer card is going to be there as well. Uh, so I think that's definitely the right way to go. But, yeah, you're 100% correct. Um, coloring on a Warthog, that's a battle pass tier, my dudes. Uh, that's not a I'm going to go spend $10 for it. No, put that in the battle pass. Call it a day. Yeah, I mean, that's like a free battle pass tier yes, to me even. I don't even know if that makes premium. Like, I like the color blue, and I like me a Warthog, but do I like both together for 10 to 15 bucks? No. Probably not. Mm-hmm. And I think the bundle also includes, like, a Mongoose. Still not buying it. Uh, I need something fancier than that if I'm going to spend that much money for just a pure recolor, whether it be red, blue, green, whatever color you're going to make it. I'm not going to pay double digits for that one. Not happening. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. I think... Again, this is the beta launch. They're going to get fancier stuff in there later down the road. Maybe it will eventually warrant that price tag. But I think Halo as a organization or as a brand, 343, needs to look at this and say, hey, look, this is not going to weigh out to the audience the way we expected. We need to make some changes here. Maybe I'd pay $250 for that blue Warthog, but I'm not paying $10, $15 bucks for it. And even the fancier stuff, I think they just need to weigh that out. Uh, almost on a scale of like common, rare, epic, and legendary. And throw some colors on there. Legendary's yellow or gold. Epic's going to be purple. Whatever you want to end up doing and maybe give some rarity to it. And then based on those price tiers, your common blue Warthog skin is going to be a common tier. And it'll be cheaper. Versus something that looks crazy like the Samurai Armor, which in this case is going to be earnable. If that was in the store, I would put that more toward a legendary tier. And I would be willing to pay more for something like that. So I think that's common right now in the Halo audience, and we'll see what adjustments they make to kind of meet that need. Or if you're going to put together like a, a a purchasable vehicle skin, put all the vehicles in there. Put yeah. all of them in there. And offer different color sets, like you're saying, offer different camo patterns or just random abstract patterns in general and put it at $5. You know, if, if it was every vehicle... For five dollars for this unique skin, I think you have a better chance at making that argument and getting that sale from the gamer uh, than you do ten bucks for two vehicles for a blue repaint. I mean, there is nothing more irritating to a gamer that enjoys cosmetics in game than paying for literally the same skin on a character that just has a different color. There's nothing else special to it, and one of the, one of the ones I love to bring up. Is one of my favorite characters in League of Legends. My boy Kennen has about five recolors of his same generic skin. And it's very irritating because it still costs legit money to purchase to this day. Uh, so, like, it just bothers me. You're paying for literally someone typing in a different color coding into the program. I mean, that's annoying as anything. Absolutely. So we'll keep an eye on that as we go forward. Again, they have started to roll out these changes. There's some stability changes that came out today, as well as those changes to the Battle Pass. Again, they realize this is a Band-Aid for now. More changes will be made later down the road, but I do like the fast feedback there. 
Next up on the topic slate is the Game Awards. Not going to spend a ton of time on this because we will do a bigger Game Awards show as we get closer to the date, December 9th. Uh, for now, John, just to look over a couple of the nominees, in particular the Game of the Year category, if you want to pull this one up on stream for us. Uh, there were six games nominated, five of which I did guess on my predictions. Uh, but in the end, there is one that really stood out to me as, I'm not going to say it doesn't belong, but I think there are other games that would have better suited the spot personally. So for our Game of the Year nominees from Jeff Keighley's The Game Awards, we have Deathloop, It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. John, can you guess which game I thought did not belong as much as some other games on this list? Resident Evil? That is correct. Mm, yeah. I mean, I liked it as a game. I included it as like an honorable mention in my predictions. I thought it was going to get some praise. It did pretty decently on Metacritic. But overall, I did not see that as a game of the year because I think there are a few other games out there. Uh, one that I'm curious to get your thoughts on as it is the popular one out there at the moment. It was trending all over the weekend since these nominees came out or all over the week, I guess. All these days just run together. Um, Forza Horizon 5. It was the highest critically rated game this year on both Metacritic and OpenCritic, the arguably biggest critic sites. On top of that, it has more players than all six of these games combined. Uh, so Forza Horizon with a very big launch, almost up to 10 million players at this point, a 92 score on Metacritic. Uh, last I checked, it'll fluctuate a little bit here and there to 91 and 93, but 92 is probably going to be your average. Overall, it did get snubbed here. Now, there is a kind of a mantra out there that racing games are racing games, so they shouldn't make their way onto this list, uh, which I get in some sense here and there. I just feel like it was also more than a racing game. It was the biggest graphical showcase we saw all year long. Uh, its multiplayer is a little stingy. It doesn't do the greatest service-wise, which we've experienced firsthand. But as far as all of these mainly being single-player games with certain multiplayer elements on some of them, I feel like Forza as a single-player game, while it doesn't have the most driving story, uh, driving, <laughs> uh, there is a lot to do. There's a lot of great collectible placements. There's 11 different biomes. It's graphically a beautiful showcase. 2,000 weather systems, 425-something cars. Uh, I just feel like, again, it is a racing game to a degree, but I feel like of all years, this is one, and of all games, this one should have warranted itself on this list. And I agree. And, and and I get that like a traditional standard racing game probably would not make this list. You're 100% correct. But because there is actually a story mode to this, there is a single player single player campaign, if you will, to to Horizon uh, Forza Horizon 5. For, well, I'm so tired, Joey. It's not You had it right. You had it right. Uh, <laughs> my brain's just not working today. Um, but because Forza Horizon 5 has a story mode, and there's so much more in that game than, let's say, like, you know, NASCAR 2021 or or even Gran Turismo on, on the PlayStation side. Um, you know, there was just so much more to that game. I mean, yeah, graphically, it, it was, it's very impressive. You know, it's right up there with Flight Simulator, if not better than Flight Simulator, in some aspects, granted, Flight Simulator is like trying to pull graphics from all over the world. Um, but at the same time, when you look at Flight Simulator, it's literally a simulator. Uh, it, it's, you know, it, it, yeah, it's a game. Uh, there's a game aspect to it. There are scenarios, but there is no campaign. You know, there there is no real reason other than to simulate like you're flying an aircraft. I mean, that's it. 
Forza Horizon 5 uh, is not just we're driving in circles for 500 laps and calling it a day. There's so much more to it. Um, and, and I honestly think, you know, I would love to get in the brains of the people that selected these games because, I mean, calling it a snub, while it is technically correct, it's a lot more than just a snub. I mean, this is a game that has had a lot of people hyped for a long time when it was announced it was in development. When it was released, not released in, in um, as a game, but when we saw those trailers come out. I mean, this was one of those games that took up a lot of time in these game announcements, in these, uh, you know, sneak peeks and like, uh, you know, developer updates and, and like Xbox updates and everything, too. This was a, a title that took a significant amount of time and focus in these events. And it did that for a reason. They didn't just do it for the graphics. They did it for the gameplay. And now you're going to sit here and just go and just completely ignore it because, oh, well, technically at the end of the day, you're just driving a car. Yeah, well, technically at the end of the day, you're, you know, you're just playing Psychonauts 2. You're, you're, you're jumping around doing, uh, you know, it's essentially like a, a, a uh, 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 I don't think I'm going to go with that. <laughs> Uh, it, it, while Psychonauts 2 is a fantastic game and rightfully deserves to be on this list, you know, along with Ratchet and Clank, you know, at the same time, it's like those games have been done before. Not obviously the story, but the, but they're very similar games in the sense of, of, of the style and how they look. Forza Horizon 5 really is groundbreaking in how it looks, in how it was developed, in how it plays Yes, it's a live series game. It's a live action game that's going to continue to get updates time in and time out. But but I'm with you, Joey. I think it's ridiculous and just calling it a snub isn't it doesn't really do it justice because it, it is really borderline a travesty that they're not getting the recognition that they rightfully deserve to be at least nominated for game of the year. Yeah, it's definitely messy. And the I mean, almost the ironic part to this whole thing is these big sites like Metacritic, these big sites like Open Critic. It's these same critics that are voting on these awards that yeah. ended up ended up snubbing it. Like 92% on Metacritic, not on the game of the year list. The next closest game, I think, was 89 with, I want to say, Ratchet and & Clank and Psychonauts, if I remember correctly. Uh, so these games are being even a couple points back on those lists of critics. Still didn't make it. And it's just that racing game genre. The fact that racing games just for some reason cannot make their way into the Game of the Year award. Uh, it's a bummer. And I don't feel like a lot of them belong. I do feel like Forza from Horizon 5 is kind of an exception to that category. Uh, with that being said, there are some great games that did get nominated. Deathloop, lots of high praise. It takes two. Metroid Dread kind of being that next uh, Metroid game finally coming out. Not quite what everyone was looking for, but it still ended up being a big bang hit in that franchise. Psychonauts 2, I think it was like, I don't know, Chat can correct me, but at least 10 plus years since the original Psychonauts. Now we finally get the new one of that from the mind of Tim Schafer. Ratchet and Clank did a really cool job utilizing PlayStation 5's SSD. And then Resident Evil Village, again, while it was a good game, for me it was an honorable mention this year. I would have put a couple games above it. Uh, Forza Horizon 5 being one of those that we spoke about. I think Returnal also could have been a game that replaced it here. Death's Door under the indie category would probably get votes for me for a game of the year as well. It was phenomenal. Uh, a very, like, classic Zelda type of game. So I, I just, again, no offense to Resident Evil Village. No offense to the developers or Capcom as the publisher. It just it didn't strike me as a game that belonged on this list. 
as much as a couple other ones that did out there, especially Forza. Uh, again, higher players than all six of these games, higher score than all six of these games. It just feels like it was definitely a snub this year. Okay, with that being said, we're going to talk more about the Game Awards. Not this next week because it is Thanksgiving, but the following week after that, we're going to dive hot and heavy into those. Uh, we might even fill out our own brackets or nominees, cards, whatever you call them, live here on the show uh, leading up to that event. Next up is a delay to mention Pragmata. This one was shown, I believe, in a Sony showcase. It might have been a year or two ago. It has been delayed from a 2022 launch to 2023. Again, not a big change here. This is super common in the industry right now. Uh, COVID and the pandemic ended up putting quite a few developers behind their targets. Uh, this one just making the decision nice and early to move that a year. Up and coming, Xbox and PlayStation are kicking off their Black Friday sales this week, and Steam's fall sale is set to follow the following week as well. Uh, both the Xbox and PlayStation listings are exhaustive, guys. There are a lot of titles on here. I didn't individually count the PlayStation one, but someone did count the Xbox one, and it was over 900 games on sale. Uh, so lots of games out there. If for some reason you don't have Game Pass already or are just looking to completely make your library even bigger than it already is, uh, there are a lot of options out there for both Xbox and PlayStation players, so go ahead and check those out. Last but not least on our list of upcoming, John, there's a number of other things we could touch on, but I know this one is hot in your mind at the moment. Uh, almost as searing as a lightsaber, one would say. Star Wars The Old Republic's next expansion, Legacy of the Sith, is set to launch on December 14th. We have a nice little video for you to play and then get John's thoughts. Oh, as I thought, I muted it, and there it goes. There is sound there. But, no, we're going to quickly mute that. Joey, I'm hyped. I'm absolutely hyped. Uh, you know, I remember when Star Wars The Old Republic came out 10 years ago. Uh, it, it did steal my attention away from World of Warcraft. Uh, congratulations. I have gone back and forth between the two. Uh, I have re-fallen in love with Star Wars The Old Republic MMO. Uh, it has been an absolute blast with how they've updated it. Thank you, Disney, for not destroying it uh, and keeping it alive and, and, and well. Uh, in this next update, I am super, super excited. Legacy of the Sith just looks so good. The idea behind it, I can't wait to play that story on both my Sith Empire and uh, um, Republic character. Uh, I think it's going to be great. I'm really, really excited for it, Joey. It's uh, uh, just it looks incredible. Uh, and they're redoing all of the uh, the videos in 4K. Uh, it just it, it's so sharp. And Joey, they even released the load screen for what it's going to look like going forward during the uh, lifespan of Legacy of the Sith. And it just looks so clean. Uh, the art style is incredible. It really does mirror what the in-game graphics look like. Obviously, you see some major players that are going to be in the story uh, right there front and center. It just has everything you want as a Star Wars fan, as an Old Republic fan. Uh, if you're a newer Star Wars fan, maybe you're getting involved in Star Wars because of the High Republic. You know, check out the Old Republic also. It's so rich uh, in, in, in unofficial canon lore. Uh, but it's still so incredibly good. Uh, you know, there are rumors out there that Disney is going to be looking at bringing more Old Republic uh, lore into canon again. Uh, so that's going to be really exciting, too. I mean, Disney is full on 
with keeping this game up and running. Uh, we saw that they killed off a lot of Star Wars stuff. This is one of the things that they kept up and running for a good reason. It is absolutely incredible. I am super, super excited for this expansion. I like that my man has like the early adaptation of the Vader mask going on over there, too. Uh, well, you have to play the story to know why he has that mask oh. on. Mm. Oh, I'm going to smack <laughs> you. Chat, I am your father. Um, oh, yeah, no. <laughs> I, I don't know. It looks cool. I will not be downloading the MMO. John already knows that I have a hard time committing to MMOs, but I will definitely watch John screen share the MMO in our Discord server, discord.me forward slash OTN. It is free to play, though. You can definitely play it for free. I will watch you for free. Uh, unless you start charging, then I might have to consider alternatives. Um, but for now, I think that is going to be my plan. Lots of good stuff coming out in gaming and esports. Uh, obviously, some bad stories we touched on today, too, or uh, some stories that need some remedying, like those over at Activision Blizzard. Halo Infinite making changes already to that Battle Pass progression. Hopefully, more to come later down the road. Um, but for now, John, I think that'll wrap up today's show. We covered quite a bit today, and we have a lot to cover. Uh, we are not going to have a show next week, as we mentioned. We're going to take Thanksgiving week off. And then we'll be back the following week, and it'll probably be Game Awards heavy. Uh, we'll do some predictions of what's going to happen at the Game Awards show, what we might see, and uh, we'll keep that as spoiler-free as we can. And then from there, we'll dive into our thoughts on the categories, maybe even filling out our live nominations as well. See, Joey, th this is what happens when you make a comment like, chat, I am your father. You get Pat saying, oh, daddy, in chat. So there you go. I'm not calling you that, Joey. There's, there's no <laughs> chance. I'm sorry. Nation, that is going to do it for this disturbing edition of Level Up Live. But before you go, head on over to patreon.com slash OTN and consider becoming a part of the Overtime Network. In return, you'll get exclusive access to content that nobody else in the world can get unless they're a part of OTN Media. If you have not already done so, make sure you follow the show here on Twitch to catch the next episode of Level Up Live. Listen to the show on our podcast version. Please do leave us feedback and a review. Level Up Podcast is available on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play, and anywhere else you can find a podcast RSS feed. We would love to hear from you. In fact, we'd love to hear from our community so much. Joey, there are multiple ways for them to reach out to us. What are those ways, Joey? Follow the podcast. <laughs> follow the podcast on Twitter at Level Up Live. Uh, in addition to that, you can follow the umbrella company, OTN Media, as well. Twitter and Facebook at OTN Media, as well as on Instagram at OTN underscore media. Last but not least, hit us up with a follow, maybe even a nice Twitch Prime sub over here on Twitch. Twitch.tv forward slash OTN. This show, The Level Up Podcast, 8 p.m. Eastern Time every Thursday, except next Thursday because of Thanksgiving. We'll be back in December with some good gaming and esports content for you once again. Absolutely. Like Joey said, no show no next week because we are stuffing our faces with turkey and games of Halo. Make sure you tune in on Thursday, December 2nd as we cover the latest and grazing gaming and esports news. Do your ears and eyes a favor. Hit that sub and follow button to know when the next episode of Level Up Live is ready for your entertainment pleasures. We'll catch you all in December. Have a great weekend. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Remember, be nice to your fellow gamers online. And as always, level, level up. up.